Hey, 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 what's going on? This is uh baby Brian. How you doing, man? Hold on one second. How you doing today? I'm good. I'm good, big bro. How are you? Doing good, man. Um I got me, my my name is David Carmichael the second, and I have my father, um, David Carmichael Senior, man, and um just doing this podcast. It's called Caption the World. And um, basically, it's, it's it's about our clothing brand. Um, it's a clothing brand is called Capture the World, and um, just a brand that kind of represents like all the creatives around the world doing their thing, and just try to inspire everybody to um, you know, capture the world and whatever they want to do. So, this is basically what the podcast is about: is just you know, um, getting people that's entrepreneurs, business owners, or just people that's doing their own thing. And just try to shed light on everybody's experiences and, um, you know, giving advice on people that might want to, you know, pursue the same career that, you know, th- that a certain guest is doing at the time. So um, I was glad to have you up here, man. Appreciate it. Oh, man, I appreciate you for having me, man. And, you know, definitely shout out to you and shout out to Senior for, you know, uh, coming together to, to do what you're doing for the culture and also just, you know, inspiring others, you know. No matter on what level we could do it, you know, it's no problem with putting the right foot forward, you know, so shout out to you, man. Capturing the world. That's with it, let's get it. We handle our business. Funerals, the weddings, they all get funded. It's on me with trouble, yeah, I'm always at the something. Yeah, little bitch, I made it. Part two of my 15 minutes. Little bitch, yeah, already famous. Little bitch, and I'm already faded. Get yeah, good talk, good morning. Good God, good gracious. Now you really need to face it. Let the words of your bitch before I ate it. You niggas is basic. Like a fiend, I love when the basic. If I spot a op, I do a UV with the Uzi. If I spot your thought, I buy a Louis and a Gucci. I be sipping and spinning and dipping with all of my dogs. I be spinning Hey, what's going on, y'all? This is David Carmichael II, and this is the Caption the World Podcast. Um, shout out to all of our Spotify listeners, YouTube listeners, um, Apple Podcast listeners, and um, have my dad back on the podcast again. And um, I have another special guest, man. Um, he goes by the name of Baby Brian, um, based in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Um, his real name is David, aka Baby Brian Shumba. Did I pronounce that right? Surprisingly, yeah, man. A lot of people never get that right. So, so yeah, yeah. Surprisingly, yeah, you got that right. Yep. No doubt, no doubt. Okay, so um, yeah, so Baby Brian, he's known for being. One half of the hip hop group called a kid called God, along with Demetrius, uh, a guy named Demetrius Dorsey. So, um, and by you have an album coming out, your first solo album coming out on the twentieth, right? Four twenty this month. 
Correct, correct. It's, uh, only thing, uh, actually, it's actually not a, a solo album. It's uh, it's a group project, but I actually take a majority of the lead. And so I think whoever has might have heard it, whoever you know, I've gave it to for review. They might have misunderstood, you know, the uh, the general direction. It's still a kid called God Project. Okay, it says I'm taking the, the lead in the overall direction for this particular product. Okay, no doubt, man. So, um. And we, you know, we all, all three of us have something in common, man. We have, uh, we all named David, so you know, it's, it was destined for all of us to be on this on this episode together. You know, David was a real a real good man in the Bible, so you know, you know, we all are meant to be great, you know, just by having that name already. So, mm-hmm. nah, that's that's real, you know. That's that's crazy you said that because um, that's actually uh, you know, uh, my uh, adopted name, you know, biologically. My name is is Byron. Um, I got adopted into uh, my name got a taste to David. Um, and um, my mom made me funny. The story behind me actually getting that name. She actually gave me options. Like, okay. I remember she had like these uh, these uh, saint cards that she got from like some you know Catholic charity or something like along those lines. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, she asked me, you know, what do I want my name to be, you know, if I was to choose. And it was like a bunch of different cards and, you know, and she told me the stories of each one of them and then she like kind of shuffled them to kind of like, you know, to kind of make me want to make a decision on my own. And I said, oh, she told me which one. Right. Um, and uh, it was in between uh, Michael the Archangel and, and David that gathered my interest just off of stories. You know, yeah. that, you know, I was told and I just thought it was, you know, David just seemed more, um, seemed more purposeful for me. You know what I mean? Right. Like, even though it seems like as a child, you wouldn't get it. But, you know, when you think of this child, uh, uh, the story of our name, you know, when you think of the story of David, just, you know, as to a child, is more appealing, I think, than Mike or, you know, or any other story. You know what I'm saying? Because no doubt. Because it starts off with a child and, you know, the world's so big to a child and was still able to, to, to conquer his, you know, his thing you know so i guess you know the name still fits you know whether or not it's Dave byron or somebody approaching me as david you know the name still fits you know because i i own both of them you know i appreciate both of them so no so doubt what, so what would you um prefer people to call you brian or either david uh you know honestly i guess it would depend on how they know me okay you know what I mean? if that makes sense okay like if you know if, if they met me on the terms of Byron, then that's fine. They met me on the terms of, of David, and that's also fine. You know what I mean? It, it's pretty much however I feel is, you know, however you, you came across my name or whatever name that you came across, then I'm okay with that. Okay. If that well, makes sense. Well, we're going to use Byron. <laughs> um, let me, um, let's back up for for uh, a few seconds. Um, you say you got your new album coming out, and you say you're, you're not the only artist. Um can you release? I mean, can you um, talk about your other uh, the other artists that's going to be? Uh... Oh yeah, I okay. uh, appreciate you for asking. That's actually, you know, you're probably the only person that actually asked me that question. Um, yeah, the other artist on the project is uh, um, outside of myself, like you know, Baby Byron is uh, I say Sneffer, who's the other half of a Kirko guy. He appears on, you know, a nice portion of the album, and then. You know, as far as like the actual who I consider as guests into the world of of how we do, you know, our, our thing as far as music, um, it goes uh, Louis, um, then Creamy Six, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and um, let's see, 
if I'm not mistaken, that's it. Okay. So there's only like two other artists outside of me and, and you know, who I, who I reign with in my, in my group <clears throat> as far as oh. music. Okay, so you said it's so is a group is is a group or is a group? That's what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Believe it or not, Kid Called God is actually a group. You know, what I mean, of two people. It's more. It's me and and uh, one other person. So this project is is going to have me and that one other person on it, but also two other people. So in total, probably you only hear probably a, a, a change of maybe four voices on this project versus. You know, usually when people have rap albums and rap projects, they probably have like 30 rappers on there. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> but in this case, you know, we only have two people that um, are uh, near and dear to the squad and are actually members of the, the squad that we make music with. So it, it fits, you know, they don't actually have any, um, they don't sound out of place. You know, once you listen to the project and if you listen to any of our previous releases, they actually complement the sound that we have and also you know, compliment the sounds that we're trying to lean forward to into the future. So, oh, one, more, one, one more quick question. Is this, um, it's like a twofold question. Um, have you worked with, um, some, um, of the, uh, um, national, um, artists? And if you haven't, who would you like to work with? Okay. That's a cool question. Um, yeah, yeah, I've actually, you know, as being a part of A Kid Called God, we kind of actually, believe it or not, refrained from doing too many collaborations when we started. So our history isn't that much, but the people that we have done songs with, they are actually more abroad than local. So it's like, mm-hmm. um, like we did a song in 2000 and I think, 17, where, yeah, 2017, I, I'm going to say, we did a song called Good Hair featuring an artist named Jackal, but he, he was from the UK. Okay. And um, he wanted a, a guest appearance from us, so we did a song. Um, you know, I picked the beat, and, you know, we collaborated on that. And then another song, you know, I did, or we did, it was called uh, I Do It featuring uh, Lil 40 Cal, but he's from Atlanta. Okay. Uh-huh. You know, and, you know, then another record we had called Come Back, or No Came Back, which is a collaborative song between a kid called God and a, and a rap group called The Writers Out the Bay Area, which uh, I believe is coming out next week, if I'm not mistaken. So yeah, usually the collaborations that we do have on record or, or you know, whatever, it's actually not, it's always in like a, you know, it's funny, we, we, we do collaborations with the top dudes of the underground, wherever they're from. Just like how, you know, you know, we consider ourselves like, you know, the, you know, part of like the, the next wave of underground people or, or talents, you know, we, we were kind of in tune with some of the other people, you know, and, and that's, that's bubbling under the scenes in other cities and stuff like that. Um, so that's pretty much how I can say, yeah, we have done work nationally, but mostly in the most obscure places that people probably wouldn't expect you know, right. instead of back, instead of in, in our own backyard. Okay, no doubt, man. Um, so, but um, I know you you've been speaking on the sound y'all y'all were trying to you know get out there on this next project and you know the sound y'all have now. Um, how would y'all how would you describe you know your sound and your group sound? You know, like if you can say it in a couple of words or a couple of sentences. Yeah, so um, you know, I mean, 
and and you know, I know I know artists can't wait to answer this question. Right. Just, like, this is always the, this is always this is always the hardest question for me to answer. You know what I'm saying? Because I, I, you know, I never have like the cliche. I don't have the best thing to say. But if I if you know if I could compare you know how we do music, um, or like or like what people could like try to understand from it is um if you listen to like Wu Tang back in the day, even though it don't sound like Wu Tang, but if you was to listen to Wu Tang when they first came out, they had a, a distinctive sound that was like it was like you know it was unpolished, but for some reason it sounded good. Like if they had like. 10 people rapping on one song with no real mix on it for some reason they delivered the most rawest form of 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 hip-hop that they seen it or how they felt was hip-hop right. to, to, to the audience to, or to the to the masses so when we make our music we kind of did almost the same approach meaning like if there's a way we have our production it's going to match the mood of our music videos okay and usually the moods that we kind of go for is kind of like you know, a mellowed out vibe, which is why the sound also kind of goes into the titles of our of our previous projects. And a lot of our titles have the the type uh, the term drugs in it, whether it's drugs before the flight, um, all thanks to drugs, save my drugs for later. All these different previous releases with that title, it's not necessarily about the content, because believe it or not, majority of the content in our records, we don't actually sell drugs, actually in none of the actual songs. Mm -hmm. Because in reality, you know, we don't, neither of us had a drug offense on our record, so it would make, uh, uh, it'd be, a, you know, we'd be selling something that we don't actually subscribe to. But what it actually is, is the sound has a drug-induced feel. Or it's like you. a hypnotic feel, or it's, or it's a relaxed feel, or it's a, it puts you in a, in a more of a, of a state of a, of a, of a peace. You okay. know, of some sort how we see it so when we make music it's like more so set in the mood so you know if i can compare us to a rap group or whatever the case may be some people would like to say oh uh, they're like you know sorry they'll say somebody we might not agree with but they'll say like outcast because you might do a rap song might do pop song but in reality we'll be like oh we're more so like you know cypress hill because we're kind of content based on you know cult-like fan bases that relate to to just you know um lifestyle more than you know anything else and lifestyle is pretty much like a stoner lifestyle and i guess so right. when people start music the sounds is mostly based on on that so if i could describe our sound yeah it's more like a, a you know psychedelic hip-hop minus the the over we don't we don't promote lean we don't promote pills we don't promote a lot of stuff like that so right. i know it's, it comes off as maybe uh almost a contradiction but that's just how we deliver the art <clears throat> okay no doubt man and um because yeah like when i when i first and i heard a couple of songs and I, before i listened to the songs i just seen you know, you know the names of the songs and i was kind of like man maybe they kind of or like a Griselda type um group. Like you heard of uh, Griselda, right? Oh yeah, yeah, Griselda, yeah. The homies out there and why yeah, they they're super dope. Yeah, yeah. So I kinda I kinda before I listened, I, I thought like, okay, they might be a group that kinda that they're kinda like that, you know, in that in that kind of sense. But, you know, when you ex just explain it to me, it makes a lot of sense now, you know, on you know, what y'all trying to say and the sound y'all trying to deliver. Um but yeah, um, but that leads on to my next question, man. I know you spoke on like the Wu, Wu Tang, Cypress Hill, and Outkast, and other groups like that. But do you have, well, what do you? What are your top 
who are your top artists of all time as far as who you like? Um, I know it's a question that, you know, being an artist, I feel like everybody always asks artists that this this question, but we always got to know, you know, um, who were your favorite artists growing up? Man, you know, I'm such a fan of just the overall, you know, just our culture, you know what I mean? So it's funny because somebody, uh, you know, might ask the same question because my top five or top ten will change. Right, yeah. Because <laughs> it's like, you know, it's like almost like uh, – like it's almost like boxing to me. Like you know what I mean. Like I've always managed to. It alternates or changes every you know couple of years. You know mm-hmm. what I mean. But um, if I could say undoubtedly, what I I could say is you know um, even though it might not answer the question in, in reality, but the how I like how I receive that question is like it's so hard for me to narrow. So I just always say I love the culture. Meaning like if you ask me what made me want to be a rapper, it actually wasn't even the person. It was actually the engagement I had in middle school and like was at the lunch tables and that grinding, you know, by the Crips came out. Oh yeah, and shout out to the Crips. The beat just took over every every childhood I you know, every right. person in my childhood. You know what I mean? Like we all did freestyles to that beat. You know what I mean? So it was just something of more so engagement and something that I just enjoyed, you know, as a as a community thing, something I enjoyed as a friend as a friend, family pastime or whatever so and then when i realized that oh i'm actually good at it and stuff like that and woody woo that's when you know i started you know involving the, the 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 certain artists and stuff over time but you know the artists over time that's why me go from you know jay-z of course mm-hmm. 50 cent right. um you know lil wayne you know there's no other artists of that nature but if i say who who i look at you know, in like regards to who I base off of talent and stuff like that, then I'll go into like maybe different different types of debates instead of my own personal. Because my own personal could be everybody. Right. <laughs> I got you. If I go based off of skills, then I'll be like, okay, I'll I'll give you this guy, give you that guy type of thing. But my me personally, I, I just love the culture in general. No okay, doubt, so. man. No, and then um, I, I, it's kind of funny you mentioned the clips because you know we're from Virginia and like that was like a big influence on the culture down here as well you know because mm-hmm. push a t and, and and no malice are from virginia beach and you know we're we're in hampton virginia so that's you know like 30 40 minutes away from us so you know that kind of like like you know in, in influence the whole culture in this area and you know nationwide so it's kind of funny that you said that i just want to throw that out there what you got that also um you know um some men in water got cancer down here and you know, um, Pharrell is from um, uh, Norfolk, Virginia Beach area as well. Mm-hmm. But uh, what right, I want- he's the great, he's one of the greatest. Yes, he is. No doubt. But what I want to know, you know, um, I'm a little bit older than the both of y'all. Um, I take that you're 28 years old. Is that, is that correct? 28. Yeah, yeah. We're approaching, but yeah, correct. Okay, 28. Okay, so um, um, I'm like I said, I'm a little um, a little older than y'all. I guess you probably. My dad, I mean, my son probably called me um, old head. I'm not quite old head, but I am um, um, 51 years old. So I'm going to take it back. You know, I grew up on um, Ron DMC, L.A. Cool J, Eric B., Rakim. You know, um, so what would you say about the old school rap? What you what you feel about that? You know, old school rap, you know, it's funny. I, actually, I don't even refer to this as that because, you know, surprisingly, you know, a lot of people – don't understand like the and no other forms of culture other than hip hop do we consider that old. 
Okay. But when 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 you think about it, you know, um, like L Cool J, you said L Cool J, right? Or not L Cool, but people that era, like L Cool J, might have had like the longest reign in history as a as a top ten rapper. Right. Right. Like like if you really do the math, like your favorite rappers, favorite rappers, all came up under the LL Cool J, Scarface, Run DMC. You know, it depends on whatever region you're from. Um, but you know, I, I you know if you ask me, you know who who do I see the DNA of? You know, of course in Fifty Cent, I see the DNA of LL Cool J. Right, you know, right, or, right. You know, I see the DNA and what Nelly did. You know that mimics L Cool J and etc. Mm-hmm. etc. Et I even see it in myself when I don't even try. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm it's just something that I, you know, like say if I make a record or a song that is is based on you know uh, let's say which is I'm you know I won't give him credit for you know what I mean being able to to be the artist that's able to battle and be the same artist that's able to to appeal to the ladies mm-hmm, mm-hmm. when you see that now that's Drake right that's, <laughs> yeah, that's a like, fact but you know what I mean it's, it's just you know what I mean it's just, it's just you go back to history you know even if it ain't even that long ago you'll see like the, the blueprints and the, the layouts that we all kind of appreciate now or consider new now has already been done before right. it's just you know it might not even you know something is not funny we, it might not even been as done as better as back then. It's just how we see things in the in current time. Right. So you know, I've always been a, a fan, and you know, I've always been you know very appreciative, you know, to the the, the generations before, whether it was L Cool J, whether it was Schooly D from Philly. You know what I mean, some mm-hmm. people put me on different forms of of rap groups that might people might not be hip to, but what? you know, some people might you know like for example, you know, they ask me about. You know, how do I feel about, um, like you asked me about a different age group, a different generation of hip-hop, and I would say the same thing when it comes down to, to live crew. You know what I'm saying? You can't have me go right. to live crew. There's just so many things that kind of, you know, bleed into the next generation. Right, right. You know what well, I mean? That we might not be able to acknowledge at first, but even in the bass lines, you hear the beats. <laughs> I mean, some of the, some of the beats have been redone over, you know, so many times over. Right, right. Over and over again, right. With, with people in my age group, you know, um, to our fault is that we don't actually take the time out to 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 give those flowers, you know what I'm saying, to, mm-hmm. to the pioneers of, of our culture. So, right. you know, I would like to, you know, definitely extend that, you know, branch from my generation to, to the upper generation, like, you know, to you senior to say, hey, I appreciate the, the culture that you grew up on and the culture that was there before me. Right. You know, and, and I hope that in a way, you know what I mean? I don't know. My sound might not be the best in, in conveyance of back then, mm-hmm. but I can at least, you know, uh, implement the fundamentals of the culture from that time to now. That's, right. that's the best goal I could, I could try to go for. So, so let me ask you this also. Um, when you, um, in, um, when you're in your feelings, um, what do you uh, listen to, or when you need, or what do, uh, you know, when you're in your feelings, and you're riding down the road, and you know, and you're thinking about life in general, uh, if you got a specific, um, uh, before besides you put it, tape, putting your, your on yourself. You know, is it something that you might pop in in this uh, CD that you might pop in, or something you might, you know, hit, oh, hit on your phone or something? See, uh, you know, this is this is this is um, 
See, this is like a question that I, like, I'm afraid to answer. <laughs> I'll put you on the spot. <laughs> it's, it's funny because... Uh, Plead the fifth. You know, Plead not, the fifth. It might not be typical rapper like response. I don't think. Yeah, plead but, the um, plead the fifth. I, I allow you to plead the fifth on that one, then. Oh <laughs> uh, man, but you know, I'll, I'll say you know some of the things I listen to is actually because uh, I, I feel like um, they complement my personality. So a lot of the times, like I said, I listen to, to slower things. So I might listen to to R and B a lot. Okay, okay. Only because you know some of my mood. It might, of course, I'm not feeling like rapper mode all the time so there might be a chance i might listen to some r&b more or less you know I me mean? or you know I me mean? i might listen to jazz but that's because i'm from a city where that you know the, the black community one of the prominent black communities is rich in jazz and that's where my father my, my biological father's from so i'm already hip to like kind of like jazz music and i've always appreciated it so when i listen to even if it's not back then jazz i might listen to something that's more postmodern, that's more like uh lo-fi hip-hop just on music sound mm-hmm. just starts loving i listen to that's kind of reminiscent for relaxation music anything that kind of puts me in like a relaxed state i'll listen to it if it's mm-hmm. day, i'll probably listen to it <laughs> you know what i mean right, right. Like, nothing wrong with that you know I mean? <laughs> but just because it's something to set me to set me at ease you know i like to be i like my thoughts to be at you know very peace right you know, at night i might listen to at night i listen to rain yeah, we appreciate that appreciate that no doubt man yes sir um so yeah man i know you're um you're from pittsburgh and um i know that oh for me um you know wiz khalifa and uh mac miller rest in peace and mac miller are well for me like the um a couple of artists that I know that came out of that area and probably the biggest artists from that area. Um, but is, is there, um, how, how did they, did they influence you anyway? And, you know, getting into music or did you listen to them, them two guys, um, growing up or anything like that? Um, honestly, you know, um, me personally, not entirely. Um, but you know, Pittsburgh has always been a music, I always had a music scene that might have not cracked, like how you said, like, you know, you might have only met or heard of those two people. And um, right. they've done a, a lot of great contributions to our, our music scene. You know, Wiz, you know, been, I think he's the first hip hop artist to do a billion streams even before, Drake, I think, Drake, like when he did that song with uh, Fast and Furious. Yeah, um, so, I forgot the name of the song, but yeah, I know you're talking about. That was a really right, good song. So, you know, we've, and then Mac Miller, he's the first rapper in like, think at the time to have a number one album since dog pound that was independent right. you know what i mean when he did the, his debut so pittsburgh has always been like a city that uh we've we've had achievements but they're the most overlooked achievements so same like with our sports sometimes uh-huh. you know what i mean so i feel like you know even before that you know like it was an artist named sam sneed you know he was with death row records oh yeah i you know, know i know sam sneed i heard him before yeah Okay, cool. So, you know what I mean? So, Pittsburgh has always had, like, in and outs with the, in the, with game. the music scene, but it's it's always on a, on like a, and you know, actually, one of our biggest things that we're known for is that outside of Wiz and all that, it's kind of like our third-party producing. You know, we have um, Melman, who produced with Aftermath probably since its inception. Mm-hmm. You know, we've actually played a huge part in West Coast hip-hop, because wow. we actually got production credits on... Westside Connection albums to 
all Dr. Dre projects, even up to this day. So, as of, you know, me personally, going up with the other artists in Pittsburgh, you know, there was an artist named Jimmy Wapo, who was from here, who passed away, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, there's artists before that. You know, Pittsburgh has a a very unfortunate high death toll for its, its, its artists. I mean, because unfortunately, just like any other city, you know, we're played with a lot of inner city crimes. So, um, the rappers that I thought were gonna make it, you might not have heard of, right? Or the rappers I might have been in studios with or in jails with, or whatever the case may be, you might not have heard of, but they might have had the best to me, some of the greatest material, and that's why it's always, you know, an unfortunate, you know, uh, pro and con coming from a city like this. You know, it's a small one, so some things do get overlooked. But to 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 say. Uh, did Wiz and Mac did it inspire us? Yeah, they made us feel like it was more so we had to approach our, our, a different way. Because I think before that, Pittsburgh's music scene was very, very cut. It was like very like like uh, Chicago kind of sounding, like mm-hmm. drill music. Like it was it was more street than anything else. And Wiz and Mac Miller, they they learned how to make music that kind of left its own, left the neighborhood and went to colleges and went to to local radios and you know they knew how to make music for everybody right so you know i can say yes that's something that i learned from them without actually having to listen to their full bodies of work and i've heard amazing songs by them but i actually learned more so from their general impact outside of the songs that i've heard like i, I got to see like the engagement people had with them in los angeles i had a, I had a meeting with warner brothers records and last year, and when I went, the whole building had his his portrait everywhere. Right. And I didn't even know he was signed to them, like for real. But he signed to their like subsidy label, Atlantic. But I just realized how much of a big deal he was. But back home, we don't appreciate him the same. You know what I mean? Or Mac Miller, we don't appreciate their 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 impact the way the world does. So right. Um, that's just the unfortunate side. But me personally, yes, they did play a part in and inspire me on on making making the transition from just being a local artist to trying to be bigger than that. <clears throat> okay. No doubt, man. No doubt, man. So, um, you, you, let's talk a little bit about, you, you talked about your biological father. Um, let's talk about, um, your, your biological mother and, um, your biological, uh, I mean, and your, um, adopted parents. Um, you said that, um, uh, you said you was adopted. Uh, how old was you, was you when you was adopted? How old was you? Um, I was I was like uh like four turning five, I believe. Okay, when I was adopted officially like four or five. Okay, and you say give or take. And when you was adopted, you um um kind of grew up in the suburb areas. Uh, no, surprisingly, that's that might be uh one of the the narratives that people people go off of but uh i was that was my foster family my foster family i lived with them from uh roughly on and off from birth to like four right but so that's the i got adopted uh officially um at, at five and when i got adopted um the neighborhood I, or the area i grew up in it was on the east side of pittsburgh um and it was you know i wouldn't say so i wouldn't say suburban i say it was pretty much the typical neighborhood. How was that transition? How was that transition? If you can remember, if you can go back, how was that transition? And how long? Um, I know, I know, I know. They said that um, 
you was adopted and um you was about two months old or pre and you was born premature and I know that uh that um uh, it said that you was that they was they lived in the suburbs. Uh so but what I wanna know is uh when you when you went when you went back, uh the courts um uh, sent you back to your um uh, um biological mother um because uh, they said they um send uh they wanted black kids to be with a black uh family. Mm-hmm. And um and um then they sent you back, then they then your uh, I think your mother got a little trouble again, then they sent you back to the uh, biological I mean to the uh, adopted parents. How was that transition? Um Believe it or not, I feel like you know into into something that you said in there that uh, if I could remember, I like that you mentioned that because a lot of people they 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 when they ask something about uh, in, in their time period, everybody wants to be the one to to act like they have the picture perfect, clear memory. Mm-hmm. So I would like to just you know take the time to say my only honest recollection of the events, you know, and condense it so it's not like you know. It's not overblown out. It's not dramatic. Mm. You know, it's not this person's fault. It's not that person. You know, it's just how I see it. Um, you know, I feel at the time, you know, the transition was not just hard for myself, but also for whoever had their intentions on, you know, being my, my you know, guardian. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel like we all was going through a process of, you know, whether you was the, the biological or the, or the foster, you know, everybody, you know, wanted to be at peace with, you know, their decision. You know, everybody wanted to, to be a, a loving factor in my life. And, you know, as a child, you know, I wanted to be, you know, loved at all the same. Right. So the transition for me was, was it was like a, a, a blur because, you know, you got to understand from one to five, I was born into movement. I wasn't born into like, stability. So to me, I don't, I don't, you know, into... I want everybody to understand. To a child in movement, they don't see nothing in real time. They don't see the damage that's being done, nor do they see the the help that's being given. They don't see none of that mm-hmm. because it's all happening in real time. It's happening too fast. Right. Because you know, from one to five, I've been like three households. Okay. And in the system, so understand that, and that's a blur to me. Mm-hmm. You know, what I mean, I didn't get a chance to adjust proper feeling or proper comprehension for for where the value of family could be. Mm-hmm. I, I never understood the value of it mm-hmm. from one to five. Right. But when I got adopted officially, I got to learn the value of what a family was. Cause I, I had to sit and, you know, be a part of it for my, my time there. And also I had to see their efforts on a day to day basis, not in courtrooms, but just in, the day-to-day basis of, of what it took to be, you know, um, you know, to raise a child. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, to raise me, mm-hmm. especially a child like me. They said I didn't actually learn how to talk yet. They said I didn't have, I had a hard time speaking at mm-hmm. five, four mm-hmm. or five. Mm-hmm. And they said there was reason they didn't really have, I don't really know why, but they said that I was too either shy to talk or I had a nervousness or whatever the case may be. So my communication wasn't quite there. So I wasn't, I wouldn't have been able to tell you what the problem was at the time, even if I knew. So that's why I said that time is, is I leave it up to whoever, you know, whoever was close and around at the time. Mm-hmm. Cause I, you know, for me, my memory wouldn't be able to tell you, especially if 
they tell me I wasn't able to really talk that much. But if 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 what I do know is I know what the impact of all this stuff did to me personally because I got to understand, you know, as I got older what a crack baby was. Mm-hmm. You know, right. that was kind of the reason for this whole this whole scenario. Mm-hmm. You know, I got to understand a lot of different things. I got to understand what identity crisis meant, you know, around like, you know, these are following years. But like I said, these are the, the product of that, you know, of those of those events is what is how I, I you know, it didn't happen immediately. Like the, the, the recognition or the or the comprehension for all the problems and what I'd be facing, it, it wasn't recognized yet because it was in real, it was in movement, it was in real time. But mm-hmm. I got to feel the the the, the problems and the and the and the, the adjustment pains or whatever the growing pains to the to the past as I got older. Um, but you know that was a journey that you know I feel like was, isn't uncommon. You know, what I mean, I feel like there's a lot of foster kids out there that had to adjust to a new house. You right. know, um, there's a lot of kids out there, especially if we're talking about on the crack epidemic yeah you know, i mean there's a lot of crack babies i'm not <clears throat> so i'm not i don't particularly feel special in those regards because i know a lot of like, like i said when i was a child like five up until nine and when i got to know what a crack it was around that age eight or nine i i learned that i wasn't really a joke as much as i thought i was when people called me crack baby because i knew a lot of other crack babies oh you were the only one yeah. yeah right yeah i wasn't just it wasn't just me I, it, like a couple of my friends was what? Of what age aunts was, you know, or what, it was like an actual big deal. Uh-huh. But I don't know if we laugh at it to kind of cover the the pain of it. But as I got older, it stopped hurting as bad when it was when I seen the the the, the normalcy of of crack babies, especially if you're talking about if you're born in the nineties. Well, let let me give you um some inspiration, my brother. Um, and here uh, from this day on, from this day forward. I, I would like for you to say that uh, you was a blessed baby, not a crack baby, you know, because the world put that uh, that title on kids, you know, and I, 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 I kind of, you know, um, can understand why they say it because the world said, it, you know, but you you are what you say you are, and you 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 a blessed baby, you know, you 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 know you capture the world with a smile. You know, mm-hmm. so uh, I take that you had some obstacles that you had to overcome and um, you had some some stuff that you had to uh, uh, that you that, that you saw in your life and that and that, uh, and that uh, uh, the life brings upon each individual that uh, enter into this world. So look at look at yourself as a blessed baby. When somebody tell you or somebody to say, well, I know your 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 mother. And, and and your biological mother, you know, had some um, situations in her life uh, that uh, that she's uh, had to overcome, and, and that you had to overcome. And uh, at this point in my time and in my life, I look at myself as a blessed baby, not a crack baby. You know, because the world gonna put gonna, gonna put a label on you. You know, right, right. and it's up to you. It's up to you to. Uh, to change that label, let, let everybody know. Yeah, well, that's what you say, but that's what what, what that's what that's not what God say. That's not what I am. I'm a I'm a I'm a I'm a, I'm a child of God. I'm a person that's capturing the world uh, with my dreams, with my inspiration to help someone else. So from here on out, my brother, uh, baby, use a use use a blessed baby, not a crack baby. You, you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, and, and I appreciate no that. hundred percent. Thank you. you no, know, that was that was extremely. 
extremely kind to you. I appreciate that, big brother. I definitely do. You know, and I and I do believe it is all about how you know, and I and I agree. You know, what we answer to is what we are. Right. You know, I agree a hundred percent. You know, you couldn't have said it better. You know, and just so you know, for the record, um, you know, when people say, you know, why is the is the rap group called a kid called God? You know, um, so you know, surprisingly, for for a lot of people. Especially, you know, our people, we have a we have a problem with 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 each other that's unresolved, and we don't know why. We just it's just it's you know if we if we ever figure out what that problem is, the world will change. Just with us, like if we figure out whatever our problem is with uh, with it with within each other and with ourselves and with each other, things will change. And I feel like it all starts with what you answer to. No right. doubt, so yeah, that's the when, fact. When when I thought about you know, I was I was incarcerated actually for three for almost three years, uh-huh. and then when I was incarcerated, I learned something. You know, that a CO was was I almost got into it with somebody, and this was like my second or third time I that was gonna get me kind of like in in, a, in DHU, which is a detention housing, which is like the hole I guess. And she said to me, she was like, "If you are gonna jump out to literally every word." that somebody says to you in response, then, you know, you're you're always going to be jumping but never landing or something along those lines. Right. She was laughing at me more than, like, than trying to encourage me. She was actually laughing at me. Mm-hmm. But her laughing at me and me realizing the position that I'm kind of wrestling and arguing and angry with myself at this point, nobody else is even in that level. It's because, all because of some words that were said to me. Mm-hmm. So I learned the power of, of words and what I respond to, you know. Right. So I feel like when I when the, the group's called a kid called God, you know, you said Psalms in the beginning of the conversation. There's um, I think Psalms eighty two six. Uh-huh. It says, you know, and everybody's familiar with Psalms. It's like a it's a collection of excuse me, a collection of songs. Right. Right. You know, I mean, and praises and and, and, and um and things of of of, of uh. I don't want to say looking forward to, but things to like to latch on to, you know what I'm saying? For any time period. Inspiration. I remember in that scripture, it said that, you know, you're all gods under the most high. That's right, that's right. So hold yourself to like a higher standard. That's right, that's right. Than than, than somebody else. Right, that's right. And that's why I learned that in that that predicament, I was letting somebody kind of over, over, overpower me with just, with just some words. And Mm -hmm. I was like, man, then, I'm not going to respond to like, you know, you know, believe it or not, majority of the friends that I have actually took the word nigga out of the conversation when it's in regards to how we talk to each other. Right, right. When I'm rapping or whatever, I know I understand this is a contradiction. So when I'm actually in conversation with you, I might not actually use that term. Right. Mm -hmm. Like I said, it's how you respond to something, how you you put something out. And then to further the the scripture, Mm You know, John ten thirty, mm-hmm. Jesus was talking to the Pharisees, and mm-hmm. he was like being persecuted by the people of the of the, of the time mm-hmm. for what he was preaching to people, and he just was trying to really, if I'm a paraphrase, just trying to tell people to understand your value while you're living here, and understand like you know you're not meant to be living like how you're living. Mm-hmm. You know, you have mm-hmm. like unlocked potential. You know what I mean? And that was like the overall thing that they didn't like him preaching. You know what I mean? That, you know, if you submit this way, if you do this and change your ways, you know what I mean? You can 
actually live by the law with Moses, like you, like you all want to be living like. Mm-hmm. Right, you know right. What I mean, so, and, but in the process of having to do that, you know, I mean, you have to correct your wrongs. Right, right. But nobody, but but you know, that's but that's but even if we're not talking about biblical, let's just say in general, that's an actual. There's nothing wrong in that teaching I've ever heard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, right, right. There's not, nothing wrong. If you, I don't care if you're a religious scholar, if it is, if you're, they all try to say this is hysteria, this is all that stuff to brainwash you, whatever you want to call it. There's nothing in the, in that book that I've actually read that told me to do anything that I didn't, I wasn't supposed to do. Right. In my opinion, right. in my opinion, even right. if I'm not a Christian, but even right. if I, it's just something that I've read and I've never really seen nothing in it. That instructed me to do any wicked. Right, I feel you. Me, right. me, me personally. I don't know if somebody right. reads something and they try to overanalyze that that specific scripture mm-hmm. without understanding the context or the time period of mm-hmm. when it was said. Mm-hmm. Then I, that's you know that's like I said that's for them and how they feel. But how I see things, I never actually received any bad instruction from that from that doc from that from that book. So that's why I could always go and say, oh, these are the books that. Or these are the scriptures, these are the lines, these are these, these, you know, these, these proverbs, these inspirational words that people kind of can remix up to doctrine up to do their own thing with or whatever. But long story short, I look at it as, you know, that's how I see myself and that's how I hold myself up to a higher value. So that's the name and that's why we keep that name. Well, let me, let me, let me, um, also tell you this, um, I just, I'm just gonna touch on it just a little teeny bit, a uh, couple of seconds. Um, words are, are spells, a spell. You know when you put a spell on somebody. You know words are spells, so and words are powerful. So in your in your in your um in your downtime, think about what what I just gave you. Words are spells. You know people use words to cast a spell on you, um, to make you feel um a certain way about yourself and about life. So uh, when 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 you do an uh, interview or when you do um, uh, uh, a talk, when you go on, on, on TV, or you got to watch when people come at you with, with their words because sometimes they try to put a, a spell on you. Like when somebody said that, you know, said that, um, uh, you know, told you you was a crack baby. That's the devil is a liar, mm-hmm. you know, so watch what watch what people try to uh put on you you know you gotta let them know what you are don't let them know don't let them tell you what you uh what you are you gotta know what you are no doubt you know and uh, and that's that's another jewel i can appreciate and i I definitely appreciate and and also let me add this to you uh you say you did some time in the system um yeah i I, I'm, i'm i'm um i'm i'm not proud to say but i'm i'm blessed to to say that uh i i've done some time and um and um and I was blessed by uh the time that I did. I did uh, almost twelve years uh in the system straight and um I learned a lot and I created a capture the world and um I gave it to my um, when I came came home I gave it to my son and um and we building now. We capturing the world with a smile. The world is ours and we ca- and we capturing it. You know, so I, I wanna tell you um uh, you know, is don't don't you know uh, allow somebody to tell you because you was incarcerated or you know you had to do some time that it was uh, that 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 look at you uh, a, a different way. You know, so it's always you know let them know that when you did the time, 
it help you out in your life. You know what I'm saying? Right. No doubt. And I, you know, and yes, you know, and um, and you know, to 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 add on to what you said, you know, sometimes we never get the chance to to appreciate, you know, the time that, like I said, my my father, you know, um, my dad's father, he's a great man, you know, um, he never, um, you know, wants to be called such, you know, he's very humble, <laughs> you know, what I mean? he's you know, he's a very humble guy, but just, you know, his his input in my life, you know, was so important, you know, even if. You know, um, I went and bumped my head. You know, my father's input is was you know still very special and near and dear to my my heart. And you know, when I listen to you, it's almost like listening to him. So I, I can appreciate I can appreciate you know that that energy you know and that and that presence because that presence is it's needed more or less because that that there's that there's like a. I remember, I don't know what I was watching, but something I watched, actually, before we said, we're out of here, it was not that long, like, a day or so ago, I was watching something about the male figures that we look to in, in our uh, entertainment industry. It's not the same like they used to be. Like, the the role models, per se. Like, right. like there was a, there was like a balance. Like, you know, there was the, 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 the boxer role model. There was the tough guy. There was, and then there was the dad role model. It was like the, the dad of the, of the, the, the black cinema shows and stuff like that. That mm-hmm. was like a role model. Like, you know, but today's role models isn't quite that inspirational. If you look at, if you look at anybody on, that's a part of our, I guess top ten in our communities, you know, leading role models are not really nobody worth mentioning in comparison to a different time period. Right. So that's why I said, you know, when you take the time out to to make platforms like this to share a different perspective on the male role model from our community, you know, even if it's from different age groups such as father and son, I feel like it's very impactful. You know what I'm saying? Especially if you're talking to somebody from my community, which is the hip hop community, which is still your community, not to say that, but you know, something of of a shared of a shared conversation. You know, what I mean, it's very important. You know, so like I said, this platform, you know, I'm hoping it, 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 it you know, it goes to more levels. You know, it gets to reach more people, um, not just for you know for interview purposes, but also for what this platform could do with the stimulating of of our minds and you know, for our people. So, like I said, I take the time out to say I appreciate your platform. Oh, no doubt, man. I really appreciate that, man. I really, I really do. Um, and this leads on to my next question, man. Um, I know we, you know, we were speaking on you growing up and how you know a lot of the obstacles that you've been through, and I guess you know your situation kind of got national attention, and um, it received the attention of the uh, um, the NAA, the NAACP and um, the the Supreme Court and the federal court system, and um. You know, they said it was a lot of um, newspaper articles, a book, and a new Pennsylvania bill that was um, passed about abandoning, you know, abandoning children, you know, abandoning babies. Um, so, like, um, did you like did you find out more about that later on? Like, I know you was young, you didn't really understand that, but as you got older, did you really understand what the bill meant and what, you know, what did the uh, NAACP do to contribute? to that like did you end up looking up that stuff later on in life or try to figure out more information about that um believe it or not i never had a chance to look it up this is something i always knew right you know um because people gotta understand i never had a break from being baby buying legitimately because from one to five 
was I was baby Byron, not just locally, I mean, but nationally. Right. At one point, you know, it was like a national, nationally headline thing. And the difference between then and now is when something makes the news now, it's only lasts like a week. But if you made the news back in the 90s, you know, everybody's, that was kind of like the topic for that time. Oh, wow, you know? right. Like a long time, Rodney King being tapped on April 29th, 1992. And I talked about that probably for like a good couple of years, even though the trial might have been done at a certain amount of time, whatever. I don't know when it ended, but long story short, I just know that, you know, back then news lasted longer. So for me, one to five and then having to get my name changed because of that reason, you know, my name had to be changed because it was hard for them to find a place for me that news wasn't interrupting my, my, you know, day-to-day living. Like even when nationally, even if it slowed down national news, locally, it's still a big deal. People got to understand that. So from one to five, it's still a big deal. And then from five to nine, it's the big deal because I got reintroduced to my biological mother around right. nine. Okay. Yeah, I mean, same with my foster family. I got reintroduced to the white family around nine, ten. So I never got a break to not be baby Brian. I always knew who I was. And then whether it was in school, public schools, you know, whatever. Now when I got to find out, like, NAACM, NAACP's involvement, you know, I found it out once again, really young, I just didn't know the, the gravity. I guess the question, um, I guess, would be, did I know the gravity of it? No. Okay. I never knew the gravity of the situation until maybe 16, 17, right. something like that. And the only reason why was when somebody who was a complete stranger to me, I heard them talking about it, and it kind of sparked my interest to hear them talking about something that for me was so long ago and haven't heard nobody talk about it in a while. Right. Yeah, you know I mean, then I heard these people talking about it, and um, uh, you know, it's funny where I was at a. It was a, I was at a beer distributor. That's what I, that's what I was at. I was actually at a beer distributor. Yeah, I mean, okay. ironically. Um, so, uh, yeah. So I guess I never had the chance to not, you know, know who I was. You know, the world wouldn't let me. <laughs> it's like, right, that's why, yeah, that's why right. I still my rap name. Because it was like, you know, I, you know, if you remember Rick Ross, Rick Ross was like, you know, he had like some thing in his history, and then when they popped up, it was like, oh man, he was this and that. When it, all he could have said was, yeah, I had a job as a correctional officer. Yeah, it was not big of a deal, I don't think. No doubt. Because I know a lot of dirty CEOs. <laughs> That's why I was like, I would have believed him if he would have said he was a drug dealer to see I would have believed him. It wouldn't have been, it, trust me, anybody from the streets would have believed that guy. Right. would have been like, yeah, I believe you. Um, but long story short, um, yeah, you know, I, I felt like it was better just to keep the name and also, you know, embrace the name. Like how, you know, the OG has explained, you know, David Senior explained that um, you know, it's all about embracing what can't be, what can't be undone, and also just accepting it. You know, and um, that was one of the things that I, I did. But also, instead of making it look as Baby Bond, who was the victim of the narrative, you know, I rather, you know, rework it as a reason for uh, inspiration yeah for real no doubt man yeah i mean definitely you can look at that as inspiration um 
I mean, you can use it the way you want to. You know, some people can use, you know, what they go through in life as a negative and that can prevent them from, you know, being something more in life. Or you can just turn around and use it for positivity and know that you can become something different than what everybody else is looking at you as, you know. So, you know, just try to, um, you know, always try to find, I guess, the positive out of, out of any everything. That's what I try to do. Even with this, I was on an interview last week and we was talking about um, the coronavirus and a lot of us, are, you know, I guess some people might be saying, you know, this is a, a bad time and it's like a lot of bad things going on. People are dying, but at the same time, it's like a lot of people can be closer to their families. Um, we can give you more time to do other things that maybe you never had time to do. Um, just a lot of things you can probably make, you know, a lot of positive things you can kind of, you can get from it. Even though it's a bad time, you know, it seems like the whole world is shut down right now, but just trying to find positive things to get from it, you know. So as far as your story, man, as far as all of our stories, you know, just try to find a positive out of what we've been through and just use that to make us better people and make us a better person. So um, definitely can um, can make positivity out of anything. And um, that leads on to my next question too, man. Um, I know I, I looked up that, you know, the movie Losing Isaiah with Halle Berry and Samuel L. Jackson cuban gooding jr man i seen that movie a long time ago man and um i guess people were trying to say that 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 movie might have been inspired by i guess what you were going through and um you know you're being with your parents and then your foster parents um did did you really um at during that time did you did you realize that or did you even pay attention to that back in the day or even now um you know, surprisingly, uh, that movie, Losing Isaiah, is like, I think, I've seen a meme not that long ago, and they had a list of top 50, like, top African-American movies, and I was in, like, number 10. <laughs> like, right. like, number 10 of African-American movies. Um, and, um, because I guess the doing, like, I guess we're talking about, I guess, for the context of the time period, I feel like people got to understand is what, you know, being a crack baby or crack epidemic really was a very common thing back in the 90s. So right. when somebody asked me, you know, is losing Isaiah uh, uh, directly based off me, I always tell people, no, it's not directly based off of me. But is it loosely based? Yes. Gotcha. Um, and what I mean by loosely is, you know, baby by the baby Byron case first made local news in '92. I was only three months when it made local news. Mm-hmm. By the time it made national news, it was only like a six to eight months later. So '93, give or take, is right. when it became a national news thing. You know, losing Isaiah came out '95. So the baby Byron case lasts from '92 to '96 roughly and to my understanding you know there's a certain similarity of the parents that's very similar to my foster you know parents as far as the job titles and certain like certain little similarities that are in the film but the way hollywood works is is you know they're able to you know to rework a story a thousand times over without actually giving it to to one person they'll put like five stories together and make it one you know, one movie, one story. One, right. Because if you look at it, like, say, for example, you know, to, and, I, and mind you, I have 
no no ill wills toward you know Lifetime or any of the people that made the film. You know what I mean? Because like I said, the losing Isaiah story isn't a, just Baby Byron's story. It's like a it's a lot of people's story at that time period. It's just I was the only one to make news, I guess, at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why I say I don't want to say that they solely made it entirely off of me. But what I can say is that they did. They they took they made something around the time of Crack Babies, and I happened to be one of them. I happened to be the world's most famous Crack Baby. Actually, the very first famous quote unquote Crack Baby of the time. I was the first. Mm-hmm. So on mainstream media, if we're talking like in terms of that, there was they had they didn't put a they didn't have a face to crack children yet until me. Like to me to my understanding, they they weren't campaigning it. They didn't have like a poster child. They didn't have no real advocates for it in the media for it until me. Because if you look at losing Isaiah or you look at Baby Brian case, you look at what Angelina Jolie and Madonna do now. Right. They adopt, you know, minorities. Before that, they, I was the first one to, you know, before that, there was none. Before me, there was none like that. Right. So, um, I could see my impact on the world, but I could also see the world's impact on me. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah. You know what I mean? So, if anybody ever wanted to know, literally, how do I see that film? You know, I just see that film as, you know, pretty much how I see, I don't know, you guys are good with movies, but you guys ever seen Avatar? Yeah, I've seen Avatar plenty of times. Alright, Avatar. Now, if you've seen Avatar, that movie is the same movie that's been done a thousand times over, it's just done in different ways. Like, if you see The Last Samurai with Tom Cruise, it's the same movie, it's just in different contexts. You see Dances with Wolves (laughs) with Kevin Costner, it's the same concept. You know what I mean? A foreigner comes into this world of, you know, these 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 foreigners. You know, these a foreigner comes into another realm of of different way of life and culture, and has to learn to adapt and live in that culture, even if it seems primal, like Native Americans, like in Dance with the Wolf, whether it seems savage with aliens in this film, or or savage with samurai. So, you know, what I mean, it's the same story; they just reword it every time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's just how they, it's just how you, you know, just how Hollywood works. Yeah, I mean, they don't say it's, it's direct, but if you really watch the, the three movies I just named, it's literally the same story, just done over, it's literally the same movie. Um, so, uh, even Conan the Barbarian, I think, or Pathfinder, mm-hmm. like, these are the same, these are the same movies, they just learn how to tweak them, you know what I'm saying? Two thousand, uh, Dante's, what's that, no, I'm sorry, Armageddon, and then Deep Impact. These are the same right, movies. Right. Yeah. Just different. <laughs> they, and they come out in the same year too. They have like the day they're stood still. Then they have um, or the day the day after the martyr. And I have 2012. Right. It's always Something a different like disaster that. movie to come out. Especially when you got zombie <laughs> movies with I Am Legend and then World War Z and then 28 Days exactly. Later. Same, same type but of movies. Same thing. Right. So, but that's how they get away with it. And I feel like you know. You know, even, you know, when they say uh, no idea is original, when Nas, Nas said no idea is original, that's what I, I get from that. So the Losing Isaiah's story is not an original. Like, they just came up with a story that made so much sense. Nas just, there was real babies being thrown in the trash. There was real crack. <laughs> it was like, these are real things that they just made into a movie. Right. So that's why I feel like, uh, you know, when we talk about 
you know, real life events. And, and then, you know, I was watching the Madam C.J. Walker movie. I actually I need to knew see that, that man. story very thoroughly before I watched the movie. And actually, as a, as a, as a watcher, I was not a fan of Halle Shoner, as me personally. Mm-hmm. Only because I've seen documentaries on her and I've watched, you know, books. I've actually read a book on entrepreneurs when I was incarcerated. She was highlighted in one of them. And I just felt like sometimes in Hollywood, they just never give, they never want to give the story right the first time. They never want to do that. Only because... I guess it just sound it makes for better story when you don't tell the, the exact true events. I guess, right? But you know, neither yeah. here nor there. Yeah, you are. You know how it is with Hollywood, man. They can always try to sugarcoat everything. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Um, but yeah, man. Um, so yeah. Um, I know you know it's twenty twenty right now. Um. Do you have like as far as your music goes, um I know you got the um you got the album coming out later this month. Um, but do you have anything else in store for twenty twenty that you know of right now coming up? Like I know we can't really do tours, you know, all the touring season has already been canceled you know, so so far, but um do you have anything else in Yeah. Um, yeah, that was a huge hurt piece. Uh yeah, 'cause you know, um uh, speaking of shows, we just did a show like the, the like right during like when it first started happening the lockdowns and like people wasn't coming out, and we were still surprised that people came out and it just let us know like man we missed out on a lot of good energy coming into right, the year because right. people came out to this last show despite the the hysteria. But, um, you know, the things that we have planned for outside of the shows is, you know, we'll be doing a lot of uh, digital stream concerts, you know, via our YouTube channel. Um, We'll be doing a lot of, uh, you know, more so kind of getting more personal with, with, you know, with the consumer. You know what I mean? But with the way we make music, we we, we make music on like a, a manufacturer level where it's like, you know, we mass produce it. You know, we record a lot. Last year we dropped five EPs on one day. That was in October. We could probably get a Guinness Book World Record for that. I'm going to look into that. Okay. Speaking of that. <laughs> but um, we did that last year. And, you know, we're just going to continue to do the same thing. You know, we're just going to continue to drop music. And, you know, since, since nobody's going out, since we're not doing anything, then we might as well find something to listen to in the meantime. No doubt. You know, listen to, you know, capture the world. You know, listen to whatever else is going on, but, you know, we have the time to, you know, listen, you know, to not just the great music that's out there, but we can also take time to listen to our inner thoughts, you know, get in touch with ourselves better, you know, get in touch with the people that were around better, you know I mean, like the real people were around, not the, you know, whatever, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah, now it's actually, you know, surprisingly enough, ironically, now might be the best time, you know, for a lot of us, you know, for some of us, I won't say a lot of us, but for some of us now it might be, a really good time. Yeah, I mean, to really to be able to unplug from everything and just you know take it easy. You know, slow it down. There's nothing wrong with being indoors sometimes. No There's doubt. Wrong with it. I agree. I mean, yeah, I definitely so, agree with that. Definitely. If that's that, that's anything that we're looking forward to. And you know, and um, this year is a lot of a kid called God music, but also a lot of other artists on God code, like Nav Keen, who's also on our label, but you can see their music and our music 
um, at uh, youtube.com. You know, you can go to youtube.com and you can literally see everything. You type in God, but you make sure that y'all spell it not G-O-D. That's one thing I want to make sure everybody knows. It's not, a, you know, a kid called God, like, in that term. It's mm-hmm. G-A-U-W-D. Right. Um, and that's, you know, you get uh, listen to all of our music on all platforms. So throughout the year, you know, you can be expecting new material. If not monthly, you can definitely expect it by weekly, like a check. You know, we have mm-hmm. a lot of it, so... <laughs> You know, we, we have a lot of it, and um, we're just going to keep delivering it. We, yesterday, we actually dropped a music video that's available on YouTube. So, okay. once again, you know, we'll be dropping material all, all throughout the year. You know, um, on Instagram, it's at KidGod, which is G-A-U-W-D. And, you know, YouTube, Spotify, Apple, you know, throughout the year. You know, that's what we have. No doubt, bro, no doubt. So, um, you know, speaking on music again, um... If there was somebody that came to you and was like, you know, that wanted to, you know, get into music, um, there's like one thing you can tell them. Um, what would you tell them as far as any advice and stuff like that, trying to get into the music game? If my advice would be, you know, understand that um, the music industry is, is, is not any different from any other field that you'd want to go at. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, you know, it's, there's work that has to be done. There's, there's a lot of research and education. There's a lot of things that you'd have to do to, to be effective with the music industry. You know, you could get you could be viral, you know what I mean? Because I understand there's a difference between being, you know, uh, successful and just being, you know, known. Because, you know, I know a lot of people that reached a million views. Like, actually, on our SoundCloud, we reached five million, like, listeners at one point. Right. But does that mean you know, 5 million fans that, you know, equate to that. No, it just means 5 million people across the world had a chance to click over our song or click on it and somehow get hit to it or, you know, of that, you know, people got to understand how to do the ratio for it. Just understand that if you're in it for the love of it, that's one thing. But if you're in it for it, for like trying to get into it with money involved and trying to get your mind on it, you know, take time out to really study it like any other field of, 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 of business. Yeah. Because, you know, there's a lot, there's a lot that goes into it, you know, and there's, and then don't, you know, don't get discouraged because at the moment you get discouraged is the moment that, I, you know, is you let all the un, unneeded energies and all that stuff into, it. you know, whenever you find something that's hard, not wrong with Google. There's <laughs> not wrong with Google. There's mm-hmm. not wrong with reaching out to some peers, and there's nothing wrong with you know taking a, a a loss. You know, sometimes it comes with it. You know, but one thing I learned over my my, my period of time, just being a, a student of the music industry, is that uh, you know everything has a season, and you know, and trends never last. So try to understand the try to understand that general concept. If you're going to stand that, then, you know, you're off to the races. Right. No doubt, man. Definitely agree with you on that. Um, so this is, before we wrap it up, man, this is a question that I ask all of my guests. Um, it might seem like a broad question, but this is something I always ask my guests. Hold on one second. Um, before my uh, son asks you that guess, we, we cannot uh, let you get out of here um, without um, you telling us about you grew up in Pittsburgh, so are you a Pittsburgh fan? Pittsburgh Steelers, you know, to the death. Okay. <laughs> if, I, if I don't follow any sports, 
Pittsburgh is the only ones I'll follow. Okay, the reason why I asked you that because I have a, I had a cut I got a uh, a cousin. He was like um my little brother to me. He was, and I got uh, a lot of family members as well. Either we Pittsburgh fans, Dallas fans, or uh, Dead Skin fans. Um, <laughs> and we plan on coming to uh I think we play y'all um this year um I don't know if it's the Hall of Fame uh, game or I think we play y'all this year. I don't know which game it is. But um, we like I said, I couldn't. We could not let you get out of here without uh, you telling us uh, what you think y'all season gonna be this year. Man, you know, if you know, honestly, man, if you know, that's actually something I have another time to think about because you know the way the way the world's been. But you know, honestly, the last couple of years they've been the best for for the hometown. I mean, for that way, we talking about what we talking about Steelers. Yeah, Pittsburgh Steelers. Okay, we're talking about, yeah, okay, yeah. Cool, that's the only one I actually comment on, because I'm not really good <laughs> at hockey and, like, football and all, I mean, hockey and baseball and all that, but... Right. Honestly, man, if I could say it, you know what I mean, um... You know what I mean? I need to see... I just need to see more, man, because I feel like these last couple of years, before I even... You know, because I know how we're supposed to do it. I know what people expect me to say, and I know people, whoever listens to us from back home, they're going to they gonna expect me to, to kind of root. Man, we failing, bro. We've been, <laughs> we've, been, we've been failing these last couple of years. Y'all been going through a lot, man. Years, man. I, don't know if, I, don't, I don't know if we need to make cuts, because like I said, I know what people expect me to say. They want me to be politically correct and to say, listen, we, we you know, we, we the chance, we the only ones that are, man, bump that. As then, we need to figure out tomorrow, man, and what I need to figure out is, I don't know if we need to make a, some some cuts or some readjustments to, to the line. I don't know what it needs to be, right. but something needs to happen before I can even, <laughs> even put any positive more energy in the, uh, a claim that's from a couple of years back. You know what I mean, I just need us to get back on our team and get back on to our former glory. Now, like I said, I don't know if it's because, you know, People got to also take into account that some of these athletes been playing for so long. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I don't know if that plays a part in into it, too, that some of the people on, um, as far as the Steelers go, they've been there for quite a, a long period. And maybe sometimes got to readjust the team sometimes. Mm-hmm. But, mm-hmm. you know, hopefully that, if there's anything that happened, maybe before I even make any game predictions and all, man, I just want our team to figure out what the hell is going wrong. Okay, 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 okay. say, all right, we're, we're back on board. We're trying to figure out everything. But as of now, they don't, I don't know what I want from them because they don't, I don't even know what they want from themselves right now. Okay, okay. We just had, mean, yeah. we just had to get that on, uh, on, uh, you know, on wax and let us know, you know, let, you know, let the, <laughs> our, uh, our podcast fans, uh, know, Capture the World podcast fans, uh, let them know that you know who you love and who you who you are uh, repping. You know what I'm saying? As uh, as me and my house, we represent uh, them Dallas Cowboys, them boys. You yeah, know? and far when you were saying about um, knowing what the hell they trying to do, man, I we say that. I know for me, I said that every year. Same like like, yeah. man, what the hell they doing, man? Like every year is like, you know, the same, the, boat. same boat. And yeah. I know I know a lot of people don't like Cowboys fans, but. Misses. A lot of hit misses, man. So I don't know what it is, man. And then they, then they're not really sure about certain features of certain people. Right. Like, I'm not sure they don't know what they're doing with Juju. And right. Then, I don't know. That's why I said with, with the Steelers, I can't ever give like a real, like a real compliment. I can't ever say anything because I don't know anymore. Like the last couple of years, I don't know. <laughs> so it's like I, I can't tell my predictions. I stopped making them. 
Right. Right. But one one thing I can say, man, um, you know, Mike Tomlin, he's from VA and you know, black coach in the NFL, man, I always have respect for Mike Tomlin. He comes here He comes here every year, um, and does like a um I think a is a football camp. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, he does like a football camp every year and he does like a little um like a party, I think, like a little bowling party around here. But yeah, like shout out to Mike Tomlin though. You know, if if all those fails, you know, y'all got a good coach, man. This you know, Big Ben is getting old, Ben Roethlisberger getting kinda old, man. So I don't know if he can keep leading y'all to greatness. I don't know. But um, you know, y'all got some good pieces though. Yeah, yeah, we got good leaders. Sometimes you just gotta figure out the the ground, man. You know, some people that's that's putting in the footwork gotta be readjusted or something, re realign. I don't know. Some right. Gotta, some people might gotta be sent somewhere else. I don't know. Something gotta happen, man. Yeah, that that's a fact, man. Um, but yeah, man, that's to wrap it up, man. This, this is my last question that I've always asked all my guests. Um, how did you plan to capture the world? Plan to capture the world, you know, with with hum- with humility, right? That's that's how I plan. Humility. That's good. That's good. That's a good one, no doubt, bro. And um, like I said, shout out to all of our Spotify listeners, YouTube listeners, um, Apple Podcast listeners, man. Um, baby Brian, man, where can um everybody find you on social media and stuff like that? Um, man, people can you know. I don't. I have a Twitter, but I don't really um be on there. So I'm just want to direct everybody to my uh, Instagram, which is managed by myself, and also um um my publicist, and also uh the other half of a kid called God. So somebody's always on there, and um that's at K I D G A U W D. That's Kid God. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, and that's uh the same name anywhere else on Google. Type that in. You type in Baby Byron with God, the word, keyword. More than likely, you know, you'll see links to my music, um, links to great interviews such as this one. And, um, you know, just be really in tune with, with what we're trying to do, you know. But Drugs Before the Flight is uh, comes out April 20th, which is in a couple weeks. You know, yesterday we dropped the first single off of it, or mm-hmm. first song off of it um, called Cash Up. Via YouTube, it'll be available on all other platforms on 420, along with the other music videos around that time as well. <clears throat> okay, no doubt, man. Um, like I said before, man, um, really appreciate you being a part of this podcast. Like I said before, we got off the phone. Um, you know, we're gonna definitely have to send you a care package from our brand. You know, just you know, wrap it whatever you go, man. Um. Yeah, man. Like I said, whenever you have shows, man, you know, if you ever have a chance to come to Virginia for a show, definitely you don't mind coming to check you out and um, you and your group and um, see what you know, oh, see what you got to offer, man. So, man. You know, you know, God willing, you know, if anything, you know, I just say, you know, until then, man, I'll stay safe, man, and we're gonna make something happen eventually. You know, once this is all done, and we all know it will be. It's just a matter of time. Whenever it is. You know, I'll, I'll gladly touch the city and we'll gladly be able to, to, to connect, you know, whether it's on a show, whether it's after the stop pass, you know, whatever. You know, I gladly would. And I appreciate y'all for extending that. And it's the same. If ever you guys are in Pittsburgh, it's the same way. You know what I mean? I'll gladly be, you know, show you my hospitality, you know, as well. No doubt, man. Appreciate you again. Um, on that note, that's all we have, man. Um, this is episode 32 of the Capture in the World podcast. Um, with baby Brian, this is David Carmichael II, my dad. David Carmichael Sr. 
And it's a wrap, man. We all appreciate y'all. The world is yours. Capture it. Capture it. Peace. Black leather glove, no sequins. Buckles on the jacket, it's elite shit. Nike crossbody, got a piece in it. Gotta dance, but it's really on some street shit. I'ma show you how to get it. It go right foot up, left foot slide. Left foot up, right foot slide. Basically, I'm saying either way, we bout to slide. Hey, can't let this one slide. Hey. Don't you wanna dance with me? No, I could dance like Michael Jackson. I could get you the passion. It's a thriller in a trap. Where we from? Baby, don't you wanna dance with me? No, I could dance like Michael Jackson. I could get you satisfaction. And you know we out here every day with it. I'ma show you how to get it. It go right foot up, left foot slide, left foot up, right foot slide.